Hey, welcome friends to episode number 48 of Audit Bites. Now, Audit Bites is the only live podcast where we talk about auditing. It's also a place where we help auditors to become awesome. You can catch up on past episodes on your favorite podcasting platforms. Episodes like Are Auditors Imposters and What Happens When Board Governance Goes Bad. Those are two of my favorites. Go catch up on them right now. So look, we're on your favorite podcasting platforms, live on LinkedIn, live on YouTube, and also on my website. And like I said, this is episode number 48. And today we're going to talk about why communication skills are important for auditors, why communication skills are important for auditors. But before we do, if you'd like to be eligible for a giveaway at the end of this show. Those of you who are regulars, you know what to do. For those who don't know, drop the hashtag that audit guy into the chat and you will automatically be put into a raffle. The hashtag that audit guy. So now, good morning, Heather. How are you today, my friend? And who else do we have here? We already have a few people here. Oh, we got my man Jim Grimes here. Jim, good to see you. Good to see you. Who else is here? Carol is here. Carol is showing up as LinkedIn user. So my friends, if you guys want to interact with this person, this is Carol. So she's always saying something that's valuable. It's more likely Carol. Kimberly Franklin is here and she has dropped the hashtag that audit guy into the chat. That's right. We will have a giveaway in just a few moments. So communication skills for internal auditors. Listen, I remember one time when I was working with a client and they had a lot of issues. If it could go wrong, it did. But they were so pleasant to deal with. We met weekly and we discussed the issues and we worked collaboratively on solutions. So when it came time to wrap up the project, we thought everything was gonna go smoothly. We sent them the final report weeks before the final meeting. And so in our minds, that final meeting, it was gonna be a breeze, famous last words though, right? Unfortunately, when we stepped into the meeting room, well, we discovered that the clients were not happy. They weren't happy with us, my friends. They complained about a lot of things. They complained profusely. And here are some of the things that they said. First, they complained about the quality of the work, even though they had already seen and signed off on everything. Second, they said that this audit was going to make them look bad, even though the results were factually accurate and correct. And lastly, they began to attack us personally. They began to attack our character and credibility. For example, one of our team members had been planning for a wedding and they they said, well, maybe maybe that person was distracted. And I'm using distracted in air quotes for people who are listening and not watching. 
You see, all of these things came out after the client had already validated the data and the issues weeks prior. So we were stunned. I mean, imagine this. We were stunned. And we were trying to figure out what happened. What really happened? Now, years later, I'm a little bit more mature. <laughs> Maybe I'm just older and not, not any more mature at all. But, but here's what I think happened. Here's what I think happened. As humans, we are inherently initially irrational in most things in life. Think about it. As humans, we are inherently initially irrational. That's just the way we are. It's just the way we operate. So now my question for you all, as I typically always have a question for you all, my question for you all today is, have you ever had a client that seemed difficult for no reason? Because that's what we're going to talk about today. Have you ever had a client that seemed difficult for no reason? And because there's a delay, I'm going to give some people an opportunity to actually answer that question because here we're all about sharing information with one another. And speaking of sharing information, <clears throat> speaking of sharing information, have you ever wanted to dive deep into the mind of a criminal wondering what made them do it? How did they do it? Were they scared? Have you ever wondered what a criminal actually thinks? If so, you have a unique opportunity to talk to someone who's actually been involved in a corporate fraud. And no, it's not me. <laughs> but our friends at the Phoenix IIA chapter on November the 14th, well, you have the chance to talk to someone who has an incredible story of resilience and redemption because he was actively involved in committing a corporate fraud. Now, this is on November the 14th from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. And I'm going to drop the link into the chat on LinkedIn and YouTube if you are interested in this event. Now, now, back to our regularly scheduled program here, folks, back to our regularly scheduled program. Have you ever had a client that seemed difficult for absolutely no reason? Now, Jim Grimes says dozens of them, dozens of them. And Kimberly says, yes, I learned from someone unrelated to the incident that there was some projection going on from past experiences. There you go. Ding, ding. And you know what? Here's, here's the problem, though. Because we audit types, we're so logic, logically thinking and right brain. That's right brain, right? We're so right brained that we tend to think if we just present the evidence to clients, then they'll be on board with what comes next. Ooh, now Jim says he's had the pleasure or the displeasure to go to dinner with Andrew Fastow a couple of times, and he justified his crimes because others had signed off on it. Wow, that, that's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Okay, so, so let's get back to it. 
Let's get back to it. The question I had was, have you ever had clients that seem difficult for no reason? And of course we have, because as humans, we are inherently initially irrational, especially when faced with conflict. Now, there's a lot of research about this. There's a lot of research about the nature of the human mind and how it works. Some research suggests that 95% of our decisions are actually based on our subconscious. So our initial reaction to things is going to be emotional and it's not going to make sense. Now, I will tell you, some people question that percentage I just said, 95%. However, what is not in question is that a majority of the time we react emotionally to various things. As a matter of fact, in his book, Mindset, How to Transform Your Life from Ordinary to Extraordinary, James Justin describes us humans as having three different minds, three different minds. Now, let's talk about that for one minute. The first he calls the captain. That's mind one. That is the conscious mind that communicates with the outside world. And that is communicating to us through speech, pictures, writing, physical movement, inner thoughts, things like that. So that's our highest level. The second one is, well, what he calls the surface crew. Now that's the subconscious mind and it manages our short-term memories and maintains constant communication with the underlying beliefs and depths of the subconscious. Which brings us to the third mind, which he calls the deep crew. That's the unconscious mind, and it serves as a repository for memories and past experiences, some of which may be forgotten, some may be considered insignificant, or some may be simply repressed due to trauma that we've had. But these memories and experiences collectively shape our beliefs, our habits, and our behaviors. So when evaluating decisions made by the captain at the top, we have to realize that we are the collective consciousness of everything that has happened to us. Now, he goes on further to use this analogy of the captain and the crew by using the iceberg. The captain is what you see at the top making these decisions. However, those decisions are based on things that are far beneath the surface, many of which we are unaware of. That's why I like the point that um, that Kimberly made earlier. She learned from someone unrelated to the incident that there was some projection going on from past experiences. Because oftentimes what we do as auditors, we take it personally without even realizing that it may not even be about us. <clears throat> so now, Heather says, I don't have clients, but process owners. I have a current process owner that does not, that doesn't want to get any documentation because they insist that my current controls are irrelevant and they will be changing them in the future. That's fine for the future, but right now they are relevant. And I tell you what, Heather, what it sounds like is they know that the current controls are broken. And so they don't want anyone to say anything about the current controls. Again, that emotional reaction, that emotional 
reaction. And so, this is episode number 48, where we're talking about communication skills are important for internal auditors. Now, while we're talking about that, I'm going to recommend another book. I like the book Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. You see, he talked about system thinking where there are two different types of systems, system one and system two. So let's talk about those briefly. As auditors, we often encounter situations where clients overreact to audit issues. Now, these overreactions are driven by what we call system one thinking, that is fast thinking. System one thinking is fast, automatic, and operates in our subconscious. It is responsible for those quick decisions that we make based on intuition and things that have happened to us in the past. So when clients overreact, it's often a result of their automatic and instinctive responses triggered by system one thinking. Now, system two, on the other hand, system two thinking is deliberate, rational, and requires conscious effort. It often involves critical analysis and logical reasoning. And so as auditors, we aim to move our clients from system one thinking to system two thinking. We also aim to continuously, to continuously be in system two mode of thinking. By the way, if you've not read that book, I highly recommend it. So let's talk about an example here. Suppose you have a client where you've identified an issue during an audit that requires further investigation. You present this information to the client and they immediately become defensive or angry. Their emotional response stems from their automatic and subconscious thinking process, which realistically prioritizes protecting their interest and their reputation. And so recognizing the role of emotions in decision-making is vital for us as auditors. By understanding that most of our reactions, including our clients, come from system one, we can better navigate client interactions with empathy and effective communication. So let's talk about dealing with system one reactions dealing with system one reactions. As auditors, we often encounter these emotional reactions from our clients. Some of those reactions include defensiveness, resistance, and sometimes even anger. Anybody ever seen any of their clients angry? So let's consider, for example, you present an issue that challenges a client's work or their decision, and their immediate reaction is defensiveness we have to recognize that these emotions are crucial for them as a survival instinct. And so we have to understand how to address them. So here are some techniques that we can use to address system one thinking. Here are some techniques that we can use to address system one thinking. First thing we can do is use language that is clear and simple. Avoid technical jargon and complex terms. You see, we need to explain audit concepts using everyday language so that our clients can easily understand what it is that we're saying to them. The next thing we need to do is watch our nonverbal communication, because as soon as our clients act crazy, we get that wrinkle in our forehead 
or we get that frown on our face and immediately they're going to pick up on that. And if they are already in an irrational state of thinking, seeing our nonverbal communication is only going to trigger them further. So we have to pay attention to our nonverbal cues. The next thing we can do is have reflective summaries, have reflective summaries. In other words, summarize what the client has said so that we can ensure a mutual understanding and demonstrate that we have been actively listening to them. Oftentimes, people just want to be heard. You ever run across someone, even when they're wrong, they just simply want to be heard. I say this a lot in many of my presentations. Why do you think criminals who are about to be put to death will often confess crimes that they've been lying about for years because they just want to be heard, whether right or wrong. And so you can do reflexive, reflective summaries with clients by simply saying something like, hey, listen, if I understand correctly, you are worried about the potential impact of this issue on your department's reputation. Oftentimes, just them hearing that we understand where they're coming from is enough to subside some of their angst. Oftentimes, just them understanding that we understand where they are coming from is enough to subside some of what, some of their angst. So, so when you find someone in system one thinking, be sure to communicate clear and concise, watch your nonverbal cues, and then have reflective summaries. Now, this is just a quick and dirty. Obviously, there's more that we need to do. And that's where many of the courses that we offer at That Audit Guy come in handy. You see, my specialization is to help auditors become awesome, but primarily, many of my courses are on soft skills, active listening, communicating effectively, delegating, things like that. So if you, as an IIA chapter or your organization, or interested in any of these, give me a call. So now, now, let's talk about how to engage people when they are in system two thinking. To engage clients who we've helped move from system one to system two thinking, we need to create an environment that encourages active participation and critical analysis. So let's say, for example, you've identified a significant control weakness during an audit and you want to elicit engagement from the client, we really need to ask some open-ended questions so that they can actively participate in the process. For example, we could ask them, how do you think this issue could potentially impact your department's operations? You see, the best way to get people to feel like they're involved in something is to ask them a question and actually get them involved. So now, people feel comfortable when things are clear. So if we can be clear and transparent in our explanations and communications, our clients will feel more comfortable with us. So by presenting information in a way that's easily understood, we can help clients understand the significance of the things that we are talking to them about. So, so how do we provide some clear explanations? Uh-oh, 
getting a little a little bit ahead of myself. So how do we provide clear explanations with our clients? Well, first, use simple language. Second, use visual aids. Did you know that most of us are actual visual learners? When we see something, that's when we get it. But the next thing we need to do is provide evidence-based reasoning. We've got to move our clients from emotion to ration, logic, and reason. So when addressing their concerns or misconceptions, it's crucial that we support our explanation by evidence-based reasoning. So when we can give our clients solid evidence, it helps to alleviate doubt and also helps to build trust in the audit process and in the individual auditor. So what we can do is consider presenting facts, data, or benchmarking information. Use case studies, and sometimes even anecdotes help. But we need to produce evidence-based reasoning. So now, when we got them in system two thinking, to summarize, there are a few things that we need to do. We need to encourage active participation. We need to use simple language and we need to support our concerns with evidence-based reasoning. So now, most of our clients start at system one thinking. It's up to us to try to move them to system two thinking, but there's a shortcut to help bypass system one thinking to begin with. So let's talk about what that shortcut is. There is a shortcut to help bypass system one thinking to begin with. And that shortcut is to build productive relationships with our clients. Build productive relationships with our clients. Creating a collaborative environment with open communication is essential. And as auditors, we can foster this environment by actively engaging clients, by seeking their input, and by encouraging participation. So, for example, for example, during audit discussions, we need to ask clients for their insight and suggestions so that we demonstrate that their opinions are valued. But the other thing we need to do, and they don't teach us this, we need to learn negotiation skills because everything is a negotiation. So negotiation skills are crucial when working with clients in order to find common ground and reach mutual beneficial outcomes. Anybody ever studied the art of negotiation? Anybody ever studied the art of negotiation? Because everything is, well, a negotiation in life. Don't you think so? Everything is a negotiation in life. But the other thing we can do is learn to manage conflicts and difficult client interactions. As a matter of fact, one course that I have that people seem to like the best is, um, what is it called? It's How to Handle Difficult Audit Clients. And really, in order to handle difficult audit clients, it all starts with, well, us. So let's say, for example, if a client becomes confrontational during an audit meeting, it's crucial for us to learn to remain calm and composed, to practice active listening, and to reframe the conversation. 
because that can help diffuse tensions and steer the interactions toward a more constructive path. So listen, while I'm here, while I'm here, I want to remind you all that there is a giveaway coming shortly. And in order to put your name into the hat for the giveaway, you need to drop the hashtag that audit guy into the chat. Drop the hashtag that audit guy into the chat. So now let's talk about three tips that we can do to build better relationships with our audit clients. For one thing, foster an environment that's collaborative. If the first time your clients see you is during an audit engagement, you're doing something wrong. We need to establish a method where we regular, regularly visit with our clients. Now, I know that's hard, but in your audit department, we can divide and conquer. All it takes is stopping by every once in a while and saying hi or sending an email. Hey, just checking on you to see how you're doing, especially if you know that they're facing a tough time or if a new law, rule or regulation has come out. Ask them, do they need any help? But oftentimes what we do is the first time they see us is when we're doing an audit. Now, how is that a collaborative environment? So foster collaboration. The second thing we need to do is develop negotiation skills to find mutually beneficial outcomes. Again, everything in life is a negotiation. And the third thing that we can do is practice, practice active listening, empathy, and reframing techniques. So now, that audit guy. We are a training company and also a recruiting company. We have training courses to help auditors become awesome. We have courses on report writing, active listening, dealing with difficult clients, how to negotiate, how to delegate, how to manage up. Those are some of our premier courses. This is the time of year where you should be thinking about said courses. For your training needs, we are here to help. Now, now, let's talk about that giveaway. Anybody ready for a giveaway? And I'm only asking that question so that I can stall quickly while I readjust my screen. <laughs> as I always say, it is very hard sometimes being the on-air talent as well as the back-end producer. But this is fun. By the way, any of you guys listen to my Friday show, The Friday Fraudster, where we pull stories from the headlines and we talk about them on Fridays. Now, the reason I bring that up is because right now, each Friday, we have two different co-hosts with me. And I think that you should volunteer to become a co-host. The reason why is because we give you CPE credit. But also, it helps you improve your communication skills and it helps you to collaborate with other audit, compliance, and fraud professionals. So if you'd like to be my special guest co-host, give me a message in the DMs. I've already got one special guest lined up for this week and I'm looking for one more. I've already got one special guest lined up this week and I'm looking for one more. All right. So now, now, that giveaway that I promised, let's see here. Do, 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 do. There we go. All right. 
<laughs> Jamal said no stalling, but you did like the smoothness of that stall technique, though, didn't you, Jamal? Uh, Kimberly says, yes, you listen to the Friday Froster as often as you are able. Heather, you got it in in the last minute, my friend, because I'm about to push the button and we're about to have this giveaway. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make this full screen for everyone so that you can see the giveaway. All right, here we go. Who is going to be the lucky winner this week? Heather, you are the lucky winner. So, my friend, you are the lucky winner this week. You know what, Heather? I think I already have your mailing address, but but if I don't, send me your mailing address and you will get a copy of the best-selling book, Ask Better Questions, Get Better Answers, Perform Better Audits. It is the book that every auditor should have on their bookshelf. Many of you already have it on your bookshelf, but for those of you who don't, you need to get this book on your bookshelf. All right, so episode number 48 of Audit Bites. Why communication skills are important for internal auditors. The reason why is because as humans, we inherently respond irrationally and emotionally to things. And we need to understand that so that we can help walk our clients from an irrational space to a rational one, because that helps with collaboration, communication, and it helps us get our audits done faster and more efficient. That concludes episode 48. We'll see you at the next one. And we'll see you Friday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time for the Friday Froster. Thank you all for joining me. Until next time, stay awesome, auditors. <laughs>